Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. I'm going to talk about a man today that was born 2,000 years ago who was alive, who died, and who lived again. And I know you're thinking, of course, you're talking about Jesus. That's why we talk about, well, I am talking about Jesus, but I want to talk about a guy named Lazarus in, in John chapter 11. And, and Lazarus was a, Jesus had, how many of you know that Jesus had like his disciples and then Jesus had these other people that were like friends. They were kind of like family to him. They were friends. And uh, there were these, these three people from a little town called Bethany. And it was Mary her sister Martha, and their brother Lazarus. And Jesus loved this family. He spent a lot of time at their house. They would show up to, when Jesus was in town, he would, he would go over to their house. They would hang out. They would eat together. And so they were like family to Jesus. They weren't the disciples, but they were like family. And uh, in John chapter 11, we see this story where Lazarus gets sick. Now, Jesus is out of town, so he can't really do anything about it because he's, you know, about 30 miles away. And Jesus says this. They said, hey, news got, Jesus got the email that said that Lazarus was sick. And he, he looked to the people and he said, it's okay that he's sick. It's not going to end in death. And then they talked a little bit longer and they said, hey, Jesus, what's going on? Or shouldn't we go back? Should we get back to deal with the sickness? And Lazarus, well, he said, well, first of all, it's not going to end in death. And then he said, he's asleep. And they were like, okay. So why don't somebody wake him up? And he said, well, what I mean, so that you understand, what I'm saying is he's dead. So it doesn't do us any good to rush back to Lazarus because he's dead. So Jesus took his sweet time to show up to this little town to deal with this man named Lazarus. Now, John chapter 11, verse 17, it says this, on his arrival, so Jesus decides finally they show up. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for, di- for four days. Now, four days. Now, I haven't spent much time around dead people, but I know that when people are dead for four days, things start happening to their bodies, right? I've seen dead animals that have been dead for like four days or for four minutes is, is, is scary, but I've never been around dead bodies that have been dead for four days. Now, it says this, that the Bethany was less than two miles for Jerusalem, so it was kind of this, you know, you could be there and, you know, less than an hour walking, um, if you're my dad and you have a long stride, you could be there in 15 minutes. Um, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them for the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. And Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Have you ever been like that with Jesus before? You'd be like, Lord, If you would have done this, then this wouldn't have happened. If you would have just showed up a few days ago, he wouldn't have died. You could have spoke your word over him, and he would have got healed. How many have ever been frustrated with Jesus before? Come on, let's just be honest. I know I've been frustrated with the Lord before. And so Martha says this, if you would have been here, you wouldn't have died. But I know that even God will give you whatever you ask. And then Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day, the resurrection when the dead will rise. And then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, even though he dies, and whoever lives, I'm sorry, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me 
will never die. Do you believe this? Yes. Verse 27. She told him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming to the world. And even after he had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher's here, she said, and he's asking for you. So he dealt with Martha. Now he's dealing with Mary. In just a few minutes, he's going to deal with Lazarus. Come on. And then when Mary heard this, she got up quickly. Oh, come on. She got up quickly to go out to meet him. And when Jesus had not yet entered the village, but he was still at a place where Martha had, had, had met him. And when the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going out to the tomb to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet. Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Now, both sisters are frustrated at Jesus. You know, how many of y'all have had people frustrated at you before? <laughs> I mean, I can get it, what Jesus is saying right there. I have people frustrated with me very often. And so I, I know the tension when people are frustrated at me. It's very uncomfortable. I hate it. And uh, I just want to make everybody happy. And, but how many know that that's impossible to make everybody happy? And so I figured that it's probably just best for me to live my life aiming to make Jesus happy. And then, you know, that's not going to make everybody happy. But maybe I, I can love people well, and that'll help. And then it says this, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews had come along also, were also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit. And troubled. Now, I believe, let me keep reading. We'll say this. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And then it says this, the shortest verse in the Bible. This is the one that you want for the memory verse next week, right? Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how, we, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could, not he, could, could not he open the eyes of the blind? And could not he who opened the eyes of the blind also keep this man alive? Like, if he would have showed up, this man would still be alive because he can heal blind people. Why can't he heal sick people? So we have this issue with Jesus. I, I think there's all this tension that he's going through, right? He's got people frustrated at him. He's got people mad at him because he didn't show up four days earlier and lay his hands on Lazarus or speak the word and him get healed. And then Jesus runs in to Mary and she says the same thing that Martha said. And it says that Jesus was, was moved. I found in my life that Jesus is moved by two things. The first thing that Jesus is moved is by faith. Faith moves Jesus. The other thing that moves Jesus is compassion. And Jesus saw this woman, and, and there's been many ideas, many theologians have their different opinions on why Jesus was weeping. They said, see how he loved him. Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to rise from the dead. I believe Jesus was incredibly overwhelmed by the frustration of people around him. Uh, one translation actually says that Jesus was crying in an angry fashion, that Jesus was actually mad because of the faith of the people and because their tension at Jesus. So what we do see here, though, is that he was moved in spirit, that he was troubled. So he was, he was weeping out of a, out of a very real place, a very vulnerable. I don't think he was crying because he was mourning the loss of Lazarus because he could do something about that. Maybe he was crying because the people should have done something about it. But we know Jesus was frustrated. 
You know, doesn't it seem to you that Jesus was a little late to the party? I mean, the guy's been dead for four days. Right? I mean, he's late to the party. Where's Jesus? I mean, if I'm there that day, the whole time, I'm thinking, where's Jesus? The first thing that he hears out of their mouth wasn't, oh, we're so glad you're here. It was like, if you would have been here, Lord, if you would have showed up, Lazarus would be here. He'd be hanging out. You'd be teaching us something cool, or we'd be over over eating food. Right? It would appear that Jesus was too late. Everybody's upset. I mean, come on, Jesus, if you would have been here just a few days ago. And I can tell you today that it might not always look like it. No matter what you're going through, no matter how dark your hour is, it might not always look like it, but my God is always on time. He is always on time. Jesus is never early. Let's just be real. But I can tell you even greater than that, he is never, ever late. He shows up on his time. Come on. Now, I do believe that they could have experienced that miracle without Jesus being present because we saw the disciples do that. We saw people operating in power. And I do think that that was part of his frustration. But Jesus is never late. My God is never late. He's always on time. Verse 38. Once more, Jesus was deeply moved. Come to the tomb. And it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And then he says this, take the stone away. Now, I believe at that moment when Jesus says, take the stone away, I believe he's rolling up his sleeves. Come on. Come on, he's stretching out a little bit. He's getting, he's getting excited. Come on. He's loosening his neck up, rolling up his sleeve, and he goes, let's get that stone out of the way. Now, people are freaking out. I mean, they're sad. They're discouraged, all this kind of stuff. And Jesus is like, something's about to happen because I'm always on time. And this is my party, right? You came to weep, get ready. That's about to change. Roll away the stone, he said. But Martha said, by this time, there's a bad odor. He's stinky. Don't roll the stone away, right? He's so stinky. It's a bad odor. He's been dead. He's been dead for four days. Dead people stink. He's been dead for four days. He's extra stinky. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you? Oh, here we go. Right here. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? You know, it's kind of like the end of the movie. You guys, y- y'all have seen like these like Marvel movies or other movies that have done this for like, you know, like the credits roll, right? And then at the end of the movie, there's another little scene. Come on. And I think that's what it was with Jesus. Jesus is like, hold up, stay in the theater just a few more minutes because I have something else to show you. And he's like, go ahead, roll the credits, story over. Everybody that wants to believe, you just stick around because I have something else. You're about to see the glory. And I can tell you, if you'll just stick it out, if you will just stick it out, if you just hang out in the pocket, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be crying. It's going to be stinky. It's going to be risky. But if you hold out, he's going to show up because my God is never late. He is never late. 
But Jesus, can I tell you today that there is always hope because my king sits on the throne and there's always hope. As long as Jesus is on the throne, there's always hope. There's always hope for your marriage. There's always hope for your kids. There's always hope for the doctor report. There's always hope when the banks are the red. There's always hope because we have a king who is good and mighty, and he sits on the throne. There is always hope. You might think it's too late, but I'm telling you today, it is not too late. No matter how stinky the situation is. Even when the stench of death shows up, my God, he always shows up on time. And when he shows up, listen, sickness is healed. Eyes are open. Hearts are open. Some of you, your faith has grown dormant. But can I tell you today that when Jesus shows up, your heart becomes alive again. All of a sudden, you have a heart. You thought, I could never love Jesus like I loved him at one time. Can I tell you, my God is never late. He's coming. He wants to awaken your heart to love him again. He wants to shake that dormant heart that you used to love Jesus so much, and now you drifted away. And he's saying, listen, I am worthy of your love, and I want to love you back, and it's not too late. We can be in relationship together. It can be better than it's ever been. You haven't ruined it. Can I tell you that you do not have the power to ruin your life so much that God can't fix it? You don't have that kind of power. It's not over. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not over. Get ready for the final scene. So some people would say, the end, he's dead. The end, Jesus says, he's dead. Next chapter. The story continues. So John chapter 11 as I scare my three-year-old. Now he's yelling. John chapter 11. So they took away the stone. So they took away the stone. Hey, let me just say this. We want crying babies in our service because we want young families in our service. It doesn't bother us. And I know today's a little bit different. We don't have childcare. We It does not bother us to have crying babies in our service because we want young people here and we want life in this room. And sometimes life is messy. And so that's okay. We don't mind. All right. Back to the message. I interrupt this program to bring you a very important message. John chapter 11. Because some of y'all getting all frustrated thinking that's distracting. Well, your attitude is more distracting than that. All right. John chapter 11. Go on, go on. All right, we're going on. John chapter, John. It's not even John anymore. It's John now. So John, so they took away, not John didn't take away the stone, but somebody did. So they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you've sent me. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Here it comes. Lazarus! Now, it says that Jesus said in a loud voice, so I'm going to yell a little bit. Is that okay? He wasn't like, Lazarus, hey, uh, if you do me a favor, it'd be really good if you could come out now. No, Jesus is like, Lazarus! The one that's been dead for four days, the one that is too late, come out! Come forth! Come on out of the grave. So check this out. Oh, 
Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. Now, the writers got it wrong because he wasn't dead anymore. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen. He was mummified, right? He looked like a mummy, uh, a zombie, like not a zombie. Yeah, like a zombie mummy. I guess a mummy is a zombie, technically, okay? So he comes out, and he's like, right? Right, we know that. Come on, we're going to party later tonight. All right. No, no, there were none of that. He wasn't dead. He wasn't, a dead, he wasn't a dead man anymore. But he come out, and he's got all these grave clothes on him. He's got all this, like, mummified, and he's, like, walking, trying to, like, move around with all this stuff on him. And then it says this. It says this. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in straps of linen and cloth around his face. And then Jesus said to him, take the grave clothes off. One translation says it this way. Loose that man and let him go. Get rid of all that stuff that's hindering him that makes him look like a dead man because he's not dead anymore. He is alive. I want to talk two points today about being awakened to life. Number one, if you want to be awakened to life, maybe you're alive right now, but you want to be more alive. If you want to be awakened to life, the first call of Jesus is this. Come out. Jesus is calling you out. He's calling out, calling you out of the place of mediocrity. He's calling you out of the place of comfort. He is calling you to himself. That's why my Jesus works. My Jesus doesn't just call you out of something. He calls you to himself. And so when Jesus was saying, come out, you got to understand that he was calling his friend to come out and spend some time with him, to hang out, to chill. Jesus said, Lazarus, my friend, can I tell you this? I think if Jesus didn't say Lazarus, that every dead person within a hundred mile radius would arose from the dead. Are you with me? But Jesus was very specific, said, it was like this. He said, come out. Oh, wait a second. Lazarus, come out. When God calls you, he calls you out of the grave. He calls you out of the place of death, out of the place you were in and to the reality of who he is, the sticky places of life, the stinky places of life, the ugly places of life. Jesus is calling you out. Make no mistake about it. Sin and death are powerful, but Jesus is greater. He has authority over death. I mean, how much more authority can you get? Dead. Death has a final say. Nope. Not in the kingdom it doesn't. Make no mistake about it. Sin and death are powerful, but Jesus is greater. Can I tell you today that he wants you? Did you know that Jesus wants you? Some of you feel unworthy today. You feel like unloved. You feel discouraged. You feel despaired. You feel like nobody's for you. Can I tell you today that the most significant man wants you? The most significant person, Jesus, wants you. And he calls you. He wants you alive. He doesn't want you dead. He wants you alive. He wants you alive. He wants fellowship. He doesn't want a robot. He wants a lover. That's what he wants. He says, come out. Number two, he says, he removes the grave clothes. Jesus' call to you is loose them. Let them go. They're not dead anymore. Get those grave clothes off of them. They don't stink anymore. Come on. They don't stink anymore. They're not rotten anymore. They're not a corpse anymore. He's alive. Why is he still dressed? I love it how Jesus is impatient. 
right? Come on, he's like, hurry, get that stuff off of him. He's not dead anymore. He's a living man. Go give him a robe. I mean, Lazarus is naked there for a minute, I guess, which is interesting. I didn't think about that till right now, huh? Man, I could have tied that in real good. All right. What, what keeps you looking dead? What is the tension in life that keeps you frustrated, that makes you feel like a dead person, that makes you feel like that you can't be free or live free, that you can't have courage to take on the day? What is that thing, that issue? What is it? What is the grave clothes on your, the grave clothes on your life? What is it? What's the thing that keeps you burdened down, walking around, functioning like a dead man? What is it? You know what it is. Jesus came for your freedom. He came for you to live free. He came for you to walk free. He didn't come so that you would be a functioning dead person, a zombie. Jesus came to make you alive. What robs you of the hope in your life? What robs you of your joy, of your peace? What robs you? What is your grave clothes? What keeps you from living free? I believe today, Easter of 2016, is your day. I believe some of the grave clothes today are coming off. Some of those things that keeps you living like a dead man are coming off today. And Jesus is going to set you free. And you're alive in Christ. Maybe you've surrendered your life to Jesus. But you're not living free. Oh, death. Where is your victory? Oh, grave, where is your sting? Listen, today, addictions, unforgiveness, bad mindsets, insecurities, depression, sickness, mental illness, physical illness, Jesus is freeing you because those belong to dead people. Today, Jesus is making you alive. In John chapter 11, Jesus makes this powerful statement that we just read. In verse 25 and 26, he says this, I am the resurrection. See, when we get Jesus, we get resurrection. It's who he is. See, dead things can't be around Jesus. Dead clothes can't be around Jesus. Jesus is the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever, I love this, whoever believes in me will live, even though he dies. Even though one day you will get old when you're like 130, come on. Even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Physically, you may waste away. But if you have the resurrection and the life, you will live forever. And then he says this. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I'm the resurrection and the life? See, one thing I've learned about Jesus is Jesus sees death as temporary. Jesus said, sickness, this sickness will not end in death. Lazarus is asleep. We see the same thing in Mark chapter 5 about a, 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 a man named Jairus and his, his daughter dies. 
And he says, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Why? Why does he use that kind of language? Because with Jesus, death is temporary. Life on earth is temporary. But in Jesus, life is permanent. Life is permanent. 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 Eternal. It doesn't waste away. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to live forever. It's good news. I love this. We're almost done. Revelation 1, verse 18. I am the living one. I love the I am's of Jesus. I am the resurrection. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death in the grave. See, Jesus has the death thing. Not a big deal to him. He's asleep. Temporary. The problem is the trust thing. Right? Do you believe? I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe it? The only thing that we, can I say this to you today? God doesn't need your help, but he requires your trust. There's nothing you can do to have the resurrection life that Jesus has promised you. There's nothing you can do to earn it. doesn't matter how good looking you are or how successful you are. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But if you can trust him, He will handle it.